You are listening to the Campus Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Dinah Jansen. Each Wednesday on CFRC 101.9 FM in Kingston, I welcome a new guest from Queen's University to discuss news, issues, upcoming events, initiatives, and services for the benefit of Queen's students, faculty, staff, and alumni. Thanks for tuning in to this podcast, and we hope you enjoy the episode. Out there in Radioland, you are listening to Campus Beat. I'm your host, Dinah Jansen, and today I am welcoming into the virtual studio here at CFRC 101.9 FM, Dr. Mark Richardson, Education and Outreach Officer for the McDonald Institute. That is the Arthur B. McDonald Canadian Astroparticle Physics Research Institute. Welcome, Mark, to Campus Beat once again. Yes, thank you so much for having me back. I love to be here. I love having you here. You always have so many great, exciting things coming up to talk about. And boy, oh boy, we have a lot to talk about uh, that's coming up over the next few months at the McDonald Institute. Uh, but before we uh, really dive into all of that, Mark, can you remind our listeners who you are and tell us a little bit about what you do at the McDonald Institute? Yeah, I'd love to. So as you said, I'm the Education and Outreach Officer of the McDonald Institute. And the McDonald Institute, it's it's really the Canadian hub for particle astrophysics. And it supports the people and the projects that not only sustain Canada as a world leader in the field, like Art McDonald won the Nobel Prize in this field, um, but the McDonald Institute keeps us innovating. And so we're able to be part of maybe some kind of cool future discoveries. Um, so my role here as the Education Outreach Officer is to really connect the Institute's science, the exciting science that we do, to the public. Um, we need people at home to know uh, kind of what are we up to, what are the, the cool science and problems that we're trying to tackle, and you know, not just the nitty-gritty details of, of maybe neutrinos oscillating uh, as they come from the sun, but also about the, the overall process of how science is done. How do we uh, look at evidence and identify problems and try to work together to solve those problems? And so my role is that kind of communication. How do I let the public know this science that we're doing? How do I get them excited about science in general? Especially right now, like we're dealing with a pandemic, um, all while you know the world is heating up as we release greenhouse gases. All these big problems that require science to kind of study them and, and try to so- find solutions. And so I feel myself as in my role as trying to get you know the people excited about science, thinking about science as the way we we tackle big problems, and hopefully exciting the next uh, generation of kids into science. Um, make sure they keep asking why. Um, be skeptical and maybe keep asking why and, and, and getting them to, to think in, in exciting ways. And uh, through that, maybe they become science. Uh, I mean, really anybody can be a scientist and, and that's the kind of uh, environment I try to, to sustain through all the different activities that I do. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about the McDonald Institute. What is it? So the McDonald Institute is, uh, as I said, it's a, the Canadian hub for particle astrophysics. And what does that hub mean? So it's a partnership between eight universities. It's based here at Queen's, but it has seven partner universities across Canada, as well as a number of research institutes. Um, so we have five research institute partnerships. And what does that mean? It's, it's basically we are a way of facilitating communication and, and kind of collaboration between scientists. Big problems that we're facing today are, are very seldom solved by a single person. Um, they are solved by big groups coming together, working together, um, having lots of different perspectives, uh, diverse um, ide- ideas, 
um, to try to tackle those problems. And so valuing that that's the way big science is done now. Um, the McDonald Institute was founded to facilitate those, those conversations. And so we have hundreds of people working within our institute trying to tackle problems from understanding what are the basic uh, properties of neutrinos, these, these particles that come from the sun, which mysteriously change mass that was not predicted by the standard model of physics. We thought we had this idea of all the different building blocks that make up the universe, all this model that explained them all nicely tied up with a bow and neutrinos, which Art McDonald won the Nobel Prize for, um, basically did not behave as they were supposed to. They broke the present, uh, this nice box and a bow. And so we know that there's mysteries out there. One of these, which neutrinos could solve, is why people might be familiar with matter and maybe antimatter. The, the way we think the universe should be, there should be equal amounts of matter and antimatter. Some, for some reason, where everything we know about is made of regular matter, not antimatter at all. So where did, where did that imbalance come from? Hmm. Neutrinos might be able to answer that. They, they might have a, a quirky little feature that they are their own antiparticle. And so maybe through them, we get this abundance of matter. But one of the bigger mysteries that we're trying to solve is, is dark matter. This is this other thing altogether, um, which is we know it has gravity, but that's all we really know. Um, it's this thing that seems to be everywhere in the universe. It holds galaxies together. It holds clusters of galaxies together, but we don't see anything about it. It doesn't seem to shine light. It doesn't reflect light, but it has gravity. And so we call it dark matter because frankly, we're not that uh, imaginative. <laughs> so, <laughs> We call it dark matter, and uh, that's, you know, it makes up 80% of all matter in our universe, and we have no idea what it is. So the McDonald's Institute is um, working with a lot of people in its, in its uh, network to try to solve this problem. So the McDonald's Institute is kind of really, at its heart, it's the people. It's recognizing the people are who move forward these big, exciting sciences, and so we are supporting those people. Wow, it sounds like they, there's so much fascinating research happening right here at Queen's University at the McDonald Institute. Really there's also true, yeah. a lot of really cool events and programming that you have uh, going on at the McDonald Institute as well uh, for uh, members of the general public to even enjoy. You don't have to be a scientist to or to uh, enjoy what the McDonald Institute has to offer. Um, so tell us about um, some of the recent events uh, that have been underway at the McDonald Institute, including Astronomy on Tap and the Kingston Association of Museums virtual tour of the McDonald Institute. These are new things. What, are, what yes. happened? So Astronomy on Tap is something that we've been running here for just a, over a year. Well, it was a year last uh, March. Mm -hmm. And what that is, is, is recognizing that people love astronomy. Sometimes people don't love going into a lecture hall in a stuffy university room. Instead, they love going to the pub and having a drink and talking with, uh, with friends and, and sharing experiences in that environment. So Astronomy on Tap tries to remove the lectern and get the astronomer into the pub with the people, drinking beer with people and having those conversations, not across a, a lecture hall, but across the table. Nice. And it's such an important um, avenue for, for getting those kind of conversations happening. We didn't want to lose it just because we weren't able to come together anymore. So one of the benefits of being at home is beer is typically cheaper. So 
people get beer at home and tune in online. So over the summer, we've held two Astronomy Untapped and one Science Untapped and featured a variety of different talks from um, uh, astronomers, um, from making a universe at home in a computer or the dangers or, or uh, the dangers of life living in low gravity if you're traveling to Mars or, or beyond. And some of the, maybe the best exoplanets, uh, planets around other stars that you could find life on. Um, those are like aspects of these events, but we also have trivia. We do a little bit of a fun thing with recent space news, and we try to have as much conversation as possible between the speakers and uh, the viewers. And so those are all streamed live um, through YouTube, but they're, they're maintained there. So we encourage anybody at home that's interested in this idea to check out the McDonald Institute's YouTube account. And you can see some of our recent events. Um, you can watch them. One of the nice things about doing these these events now at home is there's a little bit more freedom in 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 how people can engage with it. We put them online, and you can you can enjoy it when it's convenient for you. But don't be afraid to grab a beer when you uh, when you open the uh, the YouTube page. <laughs> It'll come in handy. Awesome! Thank you so much. Now, tell us about some of the upcoming events, including Art of Dark Matter, which is happening, I believe, October 30th. What is this event, and ultimately, how is it going to work? So every October, there's this, this day that's called Dark Matter Day, and it's, it officially is on the Halloween night. Um, but we really try to make a month of it in the past. And this, this year, it's, it's, we're trying to do the same. And so we recognize there's this exciting mystery, dark matter. Let's spend a day really thinking about it and, mm -hmm. and, and talk about what, what's new in this field. And so we've had talks um, in Sterling Hall in the last two years. And this year I want to do something different, particularly people at home. They're probably a little bit sick of sitting in front of their computer monitor. And so we wanted a way to get them a bit on their feet and, and doing something and so and, and particularly creating something. So we, we, I came up with the idea of the art of dark matter. So this is an opportunity to kind of bridge the, the, the exciting topics and the ways we're trying to do science in the field of dark matter with the kind of maybe what people think is a, a little bit separate, but um, the very, very important field of, of making art, of creating new knowledge through art. And so what we're doing is we're going to, for a limited number of, of uh, spaces, we will be sending some small art supplies to all registrants at home. Mm. And they can tune in. They can hear some uh, very kind of a brief talk on dark matter and how we're trying, what it is and or what we think it is and how we're trying to detect it detect it. We also, and that's, um, sorry, Professor Guillaume Giroux will be talking about his work in that field, including um, with the News G detector. And then we'll have a curator, curator of contemporary art from the Agnes Hetherington Center, Art Center, uh, speaking about how art needs to, how artists and scientists need to be communicating more with each other, how there is a very important space for them to work together and, and how art and science are really trying to, to work towards similar goals. And, and so Sunny will be talking to you about, um, about how, how 
art kind of is inspired to create in the same way that science is, is kind of using evidence to and problems to be inspired to, to solve those problems. I'm glad that and, you're mentioning this, actually, because I was going to ask how art, in your view, propels scientific thinking among scientists, let alone non-specialists. It sounds like there's uh, something pretty compelling here coming out of, I, I'm assuming it's Sunny Kerr, Sunny yes, Kerr's Sunny presentation. So yeah, yeah uh, I'd love to hear more about this, how art really inspires scientific thinking. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's a really interesting question. And I think about, I, I'm certainly coming at this from the science perspective. Um, and so I've had lots of very good discussions with Sunny and with Zach, our communications officer, who, um, who is himself an artist and, um, and try to understand this, you know, see these different perspectives. And it's been really useful for me to kind of just have these conversations of what it means to kind of create and and to try to make meaning out of things. Like scientists are constantly looking around them and trying to understand where is their place in the universe? What, what you know, why are we here? What explains how we came to be? And what are the fundamental things that that, you know, explain what happens when, you know, I do an experiment and, and what happens? What are the rules of nature that explains why that happens? And I think the artistic process is exactly the same. Again, we're looking around us and trying to make meaning out of our existence, about the things we see, trying to look at ways, uh, new ways of looking at things. Um, and that's that, you know, always thinking about reframing what we're what we're witnessing um, and what we're experiencing. And, you know, in science, too, bias is always there. We're still human. Um, and so we need to always think about what, you know, how how much can I trust what this experiment is telling me versus, you know, what are some some mistakes that maybe I'm not some false assumptions or what, what biases or, or mis misconceptions am I bringing with me as the scientist when doing this experiment? So we're always trying to make sure that we're being skeptical and interpreting things. And I think art's doing the same thing. Um, and art is like, it's, it's very much entangled with kind of the scientific discourse. So this, this is something I got out of the conversation with Sunny is that, um, you know, even in art, you're always doing research and creation and doing artistic research as well, much like the scientific research endeavor. Um, and, and they both have, you know, these specialist vocabularies. We all talk about our, our fields in specific ways. And they very much are, you know, there are expertise that come into these and, and unique perspectives. Um, and through these, they're always pushing on different borders, um, you know, understanding, um, I, I think, kind of what I was saying before. And, and what is predefined as well understood maybe in science or in art and, and where is there the room to, to explore where, where maybe you know, we didn't even know to ask questions in this area. That's you know, one of the biggest um, exciting moments in science is when you have a prediction, you think you know exactly what's going to happen. And so many people have not even done the experiment because they're so confident that when they do it, they're going to get exactly what they expect. But then somebody comes along and challenges that kind of way of thinking says, well, no, I'm going to do the experiment. And then voila, maybe they get a different outcome than they expected. And so there's always about kind of the, the way that innovation happens is the way to challenge these previously held beliefs. And, and I think it's just so prominent both in the artistic way that we approach meaning making and also in science. But I think, um, I think that is a really, I think, I don't know, 
connecting science and art, it's it's a, a bit of a heavy, heavy thing that I think people could talk about um, for a long time. And so I'm really looking forward to see how Sonny talks about this subject himself at the event mm-hmm. and how everybody at home then, um, how they take that, how they interpret it and how they bring it with them to make their art. And so the event itself is going to then conclude after these talks with everybody at home making their own art. Um, we're giving some art supplies some paint supplies but you know, maybe some people are bringing their musical instruments with them, or maybe some people are um, they, they're used to dancing and they, their art is through dance. And so given what they've heard from Sonny and from Guillaume, and maybe from a, a special um, guest who will be appearing, I, I can let those viewers listening know that Art McDonald will be there as well, speaking a little bit about his, the way he sees art and science and about his uh, scientific work. Um, we want people making art at home and through everybody will be on zoom everybody will be encouraged to share what they're making um, at the end we'll have a nice little share share period and see kind of the different stuff that was made and encourage people you know after the event to, to continue that work and feel free to share with us what what they think about the connection of science and art and art and dark matter and and I just want to see kind of what cool stuff comes out of that. I don't want to. I don't want to presuppose what it means to connect art and science. I want to see that yeah. how people do this at home. It's a cool connection. Indeed, indeed. All right. So now that we've been talking about art and science, uh, um, I understand as well. In January, we might be. Uh, experiencing another kind of event uh, with the McDonald Institute in collaboration with the Agnes Etherington Arts Centre and something called a Drift Artist in Residence exhibit. Tell Mm -hmm. us about this exhibit and its goals and maybe what people will see, do and experience. So um, the Drift Artist, thank you for bringing up the Drift uh, program. So the Drift Artist in Residency, this was a partnership between the McDonald Institute the Agnes Etherington Art Center and Snow Lab, where we brought four artists um, from international artists from all around the world, um, to Queens and then to Snow Lab to communicate with art. Uh, sorry, with our scientists looking at dark matter and trying to understand dark matter. And so these artists went into the space, went in, went down two kilometers underground, and. Uh, and saw Snow Lab where these experiments are located, had conversations with the scientists to understand where they're coming from and the work that they're they're trying to understand um, and the work that they're doing to understand dark matter and the really cool technology that they're building to, uh, to do this cool science. And the artists were able to experience that and have conversations with them during that residency, but it's continued um, even though everybody is now home uh, we're regularly having meetings that bring the artists and the scientists together, and they continue these conversations about um, both what the artists are doing and what the scientists are working on. And the idea is kind of going back to what we were talking about with the, the Art of Dark Matter event, is, is trying to have these different communities talk with each other and try to make mutual meaning out of this subject of dark matter and the scientific endeavor. And so all the artists are now actively building um, different uh, art pieces to be part of the exhibit. And so the Drift Artist confrontation with the lab and science practitioners um, around this field of dark matter, it's resulting in various art pieces. So these are coming in print, in sculpture, in video, audio, and installation. And so all of these will be installed at the Agnes 
in January. And people, you know, fingers crossed, people will continue to be able to come in in small groups and see these installations and interact with them in very different ways. And, the, and one of the cool things is because we have so much mystery surrounding dark matter, it, we, we have to try to find it in different ways. And so you can think about the same way that we have different senses, the same way we interact with different things. Um, the artists are making different, different types of art so that we can interact with those in different ways. And so by kind of diversifying the way that we look for dark matter, it increases the chances of seeing it. Maybe diversifying the way that we communicate this through art allows more people to engage with it. Uh, on top of that, realizing that um, many people might prefer to stay from home, the, uh, the Drift Artists exhibit will have a Drift Digital component. So everybody at home is going to be able to interact with some portion of this exhibit online and, and kind of a, a nice supplemental material. We're also trying to work that material into classrooms across Kingston and across Ontario and Canada um, to find ways that aspects of this digital drift, along with some other content that we make, can even be used inside the classroom, maybe physics classes or science classes, and get science and art students in high schools and middle schools thinking as well about how do they kind of connect science and art and, and understanding a little bit more about the nature of dark matter, which is always very exciting. Well, wow, what a great segue here, because I was going to ask you too about the Let's Talk Science initiative too, um, uh, that you're now in partnership with. Uh, tell us about this program for classrooms and uh, what, how will the McDonald Institute be contributing to this? So uh, this is very new. We've, we've just started this conversation. So I, I don't want to oversell what <laughs> we're going to achieve. Um, but Let's Talk Science is a national charitable organization committing to building youth interest and engagement in science, engineering, and technology. And so it's run all over the country at many different institutes. And so we're working directly with the Queen's site of Let's Talk Science. And so Queens has a number of kits. Um, so these are these kind of packages of, of activities and materials combined with uh, teaching resources and worksheets that tie into curriculum that the members of Let's Talk Science bring into the classroom, particularly before COVID-19, um, going into the classrooms, doing activities, working with teachers, making sure they have resources to, to cover certain topics and trying to get students in the classrooms a bit more engaged, not just sitting in their desk hearing about the subjects, um, in which I, I recognize there's so many amazing teachers out there that are already you know, innovating beyond that. But Let's Talk Science tries to help this and getting kids really, really involved in doing activities and, and kind of seeing the science they're learning in action. What they found, what, what Let's Talk Science is excited about is, um, is getting more stuff for the older grades. So the material that we're developing kind of in partnership with Let's Talk Science is particularly activities that focuses in maybe grade 11, grade 12 physics classes, incorporating the, the curriculum there both on like, what does the scientific process mean? Um, how, how do you go about doing great science? And also uh, understanding energy and momentum and these different curriculum ideas using things like the snow experiment, 
Art McDonald won the Nobel Prize, you know, with the Snow Experiment, which discovered these neutrinos have mass and change their flavor. There's so much of a story there that ties into so many aspects of the curriculum. Wouldn't it be great to make an activity that ties in all those things so that there's kind of this cohesive story, this cohesive activity that students and classrooms can do while learning all these different things that they need to learn. Um, and so Let's Talk Science is helping us both in kind of pilot some of these uh, kits, some of these activities, and implement some of them in the classroom. Um, again, very, very early days. We're still developing these with the hope that they'll start being implemented in the winter term. Okay. So what else is happening this fall for the McDonald Institute? So we, you know, it is a difficult time, particularly with with um, everybody back. Um, we're still figuring out, you know, really what works and how to improve. And so we have, we've already talked about the Art of Dark Matter. Um, it's, it's kind of our main event for the next month that we'll be focusing and developing. And then that ties into the, the rest of the fall. And so we see maybe there's a space for another uh, Astronomy on Tap to happen, likely in early December. We haven't finalized the speakers for that yet, so uh, stay tuned. Another event that we used to run twice a term, and you've had me on, I think, multiple times to talk about, was the Ignite program. Yay. This is this expiring generations night. And it's a, a place where we bring in diverse uh, researchers that are doing really, really exciting research um, at Queen's and having them kind of talk about the research, bring in their students so that we can showcase what it means to be a student doing research and also have a number of demos. Um, where we can have uh, maybe showcase some of the cool technologies that help make these sciences possible. Now, this Ignite hasn't happened since we kind of moved to online land. And we're looking at trying to bring those back and it probably won't happen until the winter. Um, and so we're still figuring out exactly how to best do that in this new space. And so please stay, stay, stay tuned. Um, we hope to have something like that soon. And we I'm are crossing to... our fingers. Absolutely. No, I, I, we had so many great speakers lined up. I, I mean, we had, um, um, we actually had, we were going to have one at the end of March from Kieran Moore who was going to be one of our speakers um, in person. And obviously he has much more important work to be doing right now. He's a little busy, and, I think. <laughs> yes, he's going to be talking about ticks and Lyme disease, but someday in the future, I hope to get him back and he'll probably be able to talk to a lot more than just ticks and Lyme disease. I'd love to hear about his experiences mm -hmm. um, for this last uh, six, eight months. Wow. And so, um, yeah, so we're really, really excited to get something happening again in Ignite land. Um, so stay tuned. Okay. So can you tell us how people can learn more about the McDonald Institute and its programming, particularly how to register for some of these great events that you're doing? Of course. So I really recommend that everybody checks this out on Facebook. Um, it's just search McDonald Institute. I think our handle is McDonald Inst. At, uh, at Facebook, so M-C-D-O-N-A-L-D-I-N-S-T. On there, we always post our events. Um, and so anything that's coming up will be posted there. And so links to register, for example, for Art of Dark Matter um, is there. Do We really recommend that people do that soon. Uh, we need to get the kits out, the, um, the art kind of pieces uh, out to people and there's very limited spaces. So if, if you're excited about this, then we recommend you go there and, and um, register. 
On top of this, I, I recommend people go to our website, uh, mcdonaldinstitute.ca. At the bottom, they can actually register for an email list. Every time we have an event coming up, we send out an email. Uh, they can register for that there and other things they might be interested in. Also on our landing page on the right, we you'll see a list of our upcoming events and one of which will be Art of Dark Matter. So feel free to check it out there if you don't feel like going to Facebook. Awesome. Anything else to add, Mark? I really, I don't think so. I, I, I think it's one thing I would say is like, so there's so much value in how we get to kind of come together as people and, and share experiences. And, and I recognize it's so hard right now. And, but I think it's so important for our health to try to find opportunities to make connections. And so I, I hope people, you know, I hope everybody's doing well at home. And I encourage you to, to find opportunities to engage with whatever your interests are. If, if they happen to align with McDonald's, fantastic. I hope we can keep you entertained and maybe uh, not thirsty if you bring the beer with you. Um, <laughs> but I, I just want to encourage people, you know, stay strong. It's, you know, we're, it's, it's hard time right now. And, and, um, and I hope that uh, you find ways to pass the time. And, 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 and good luck on that. <laughs> Well, thank you very much, Mark, because I think the McDonald Institute is certainly offering folks, uh, whether they're still working, whether they're studying, whether they're doing so on campus or right here in Kingston, or they're doing it remotely from home. Uh, it sounds like the McDonald Institute has so much to offer that we can all participate in uh, and, and learn from while having an enjoyable experience too. Uh, all through the fall, there's so much happening. I really appreciate your time sharing uh, all of this with us so we can start working our calendars. Thank you so yes. much. <laughs> no, thank you so much for having me. It's, it's great talking to you. Okay, so thanks again, everyone, for listening. <laughs> we have been talking to Dr. Mark Richardson, the Education and Outreach Officer for the Arthur B. McDonald Canadian Astroparticle Physics Research Institute, otherwise known as the McDonald Institute. Thanks again, Mark, for coming in. I think this is your third or fourth spot on Campus Beat. Really appreciate your time once again. Thank you. Take care. Thank you for listening to this podcast produced at CFRC 101.9 FM in Kingston, Ontario at Queen's University, situated on the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples. The CFRC Podcast Network at podcast.cfrc.ca is brought to you by the generous support of the Queen's University Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences. 